It is a special Halloween woo edition of the Troy Alley Soccer Podcast. And folks, I have a treat for you. Ha-ha. That's right. I have a soccer roundtable coming to you. Josh Fayor, Roustabouts, Mario Solar of Law Union 918, and Jonathan Lepp of Tulsa Roughnecks all on to talk it up, talk 2017 season. Folks, this will be a great episode. You do not want to miss it. But first, it's getting spooky out there. It's light. It's been lightning all day, but you got to get inside, folks, because you got to get the pillows, the blankets, because it's another episode of the Tornado Ali Soccer Podcast. All right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast 20 alley soccer podcast your host roger graham and i have a show for you folks roundtable discussion like i said in the intro jonathan levin tulsa roughnecks mario solar of law union 918 and josh fior of tulsa roustabouts we're going to talk all things soccer but first bgn.fm special shout out hosting the podcast we're part of the bgn beautiful game network bgn.fm you can go on and find this Great podcast, along with my fellow uh, podcasters as well. Great content out there for anyone that's looking for some good soccer podcasts. Tune in. You will not be disappointed, I promise. Right, so we have a great discussion coming up, and I will jump to that right now. All right, folks, we have a treat. Get it? It's Halloween, right? Uh-huh. Okay, anyway, <laughs> we have a roundtable discussion tonight here on the Tornado Ice Soccer Podcast. We have a player and two supporters, and, man, we're going to get into some details and, and, and have a good time doing it. So we've got a midfielder, Jonathan Levin, with the Tulsa Roughnecks in his first season. Jonathan, how you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? Thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. Yeah, thanks for coming out. And, folks, for those who are listening, you can't see us, obviously, but... We're in the Frady Hole tonight. This is the in the recording studio in my house, which is my guest room. But we're going to call it the Frady Hole because it's the Twenty Eight Soccer Podcast, right? So, <laughs> Jonathan, thanks for coming in, buddy. And uh, we have uh, with you Law Union Nine One Eight Mario Solar. How you doing, Mario? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Hey, doing 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 great, man. And and we have last but obviously not least, we have Mr. Josh Fior the president of the Tulsa Roustabouts. Josh, second cap. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, good. And I guess this is Mario's second cap too, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, Jonathan, we'll start with you, bud. Um, hey, uh, I know he came in. Uh, I think we were sitting here talking uh, around July, July 27th, somewhere in that range. Uh, new here to Tulsa, playing for Coach Valdrigal. Uh just kind of back up and tell us how you ended up playing uh, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. Well, <clears throat> I was playing in Mexico, and a really great opportunity came up to me, and the people of Dallas was offering me to send me here, and then after that, came back to Dallas, you know? So I decided to come and to play for the, the, the Tulsa Roughnecks. Okay, so so it's kind of a like a loan arrangement situation? Yeah. Okay, I got you. And uh, so did, did you know uh, Coach uh, Perea? Is that how you ended up uh, playing no, for? The, the Fernando Clavijo okay. is like the president or the GM okay. down in Dallas, and he knows Coach Vaught, and that's the, the relationship they have with him. Because also Ja'Cory Hayes oh, yes. from Dallas mm-hmm. came and goes for the games or some games. Okay. All right, so ultimately you'll be back with uh, Dallas uh, the next season. Is that is that kind of what you've uh, been told? Well, maybe. Let's see what happens. Okay, right on. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about your experience here in Tulsa. Uh, obviously came in kind of middle of the season. We're right in the middle of a playoff hunt at the time. Just talk about how that transition from playing at Veracruz and then coming all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, how was that transition for you? Well, it was hard at first. At first, I didn't kind of like realize like my life was going to be like literally uh, 360 degree sure. around, you know. And it was hard because at first I wasn't playing mm-hmm. because every the team already have like all the starters and the pace 
and the system and the way the coach Vod play is so different that I wasn't used to in Mexico. Mm. But with hard work and faith, things got starting to to get good, you know. Oh yeah, just a little repetition and yeah, being familiar yeah. with how coach does things. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, you and, and uh, had a great uh, first year at Tulsa and played. I believe I saw six starts and then three appearances as well. Yeah. Uh, talk about that experience of playing. Like you said, you're new to town and new yeah. to don't know the guys very well. Uh, and then all of a sudden you were playing, and I believe we said LA Galaxy. You're playing an away match at LA. Just talk about that experience and being able to play in that situation. Well, my first game was in Louisville. Okay. St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Yes, Saint yes, Louis. that's right. Yeah, that's St. Right. Louis. But the weirdest or the different thing about it is I'm, I scream a lot in the games, you know? But it's so different to try to speak in English. <laughs> right. Even your head is going in Spanish, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to learn all the words or the, yeah, yeah, like the slang over here, the soccer slang for for the, that, those little words. Mm-hmm. That was the weirdest thing for me. To get adjusted, huh? That's something that a lot. I mean, people that maybe not familiar playing on the on the pitch would not even think about. It's just the fact that you're communicating, and and there are some you know Spanish speakers on the team, so yeah. you could probably get after Juan and those guys. But yeah, sometimes yeah, but the players that don't do, speak Spanish, mm-hmm. you have to speak it in English. You know, sure. so it's harder or not harder, but you have to be thinking in English. You know, mm. so sometimes. You get you're used to seeing something, and the guys over here are used to hearing something else, you know. Sure. So that you can understand them and then to you. Sure. It's it's kind of tricky. Huh. That is that is very that's that's really interesting. That's something I never would have thought of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. funny because you'll hear Coach Vaud and, and you guys and, and Mario and Josh. You know, he'll be speaking going on Andale, 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 and then he'll be going hurry, hurry, hurry. So he's 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 kind of dissecting not it. Not that kind of stuff, you know. It's when you're giving the ball to somebody else, and mm-hmm. okay, it's on your right, the other defender, or on your left, or man on, or on your back. That kind of stuff that it's like tricky enough to say or translate or communicate with other players to tell them that you have like an opposition in your back or something like that. Sure. And then uh, you play more on the defensive side of midfield. Yes. So obviously it's crucial and and very important. You know, if you have a defender, you're saying, "Hey, I'm over here." Yeah, totally. You, you have my who you you helping me out? Who's got my help? Who's got who's got far post? And, yeah, yeah. And you're trying to think that, and oh gosh, you're you know you're you know I have to say that in English, and I, I imagine that oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine doing that in the split second. I mean, how challenging that has to be because you're right, it, it's so quick, and then yeah. you know you've got a guy coming across for the for the you know for a cross, literally coming across for a cross. Wow, Raj. Uh, and yeah, I can imagine that that's just very difficult, and and obviously you don't know the guys very well either. So yeah, that's that's got to be a challenge for sure. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Jonathan. I know um, you know, like I said you came in around July. What's one of your fondest moments, I guess, from uh, this past season? Um, the fondest moment was like filming that first game that I played 70 minutes mm-hmm. after the game, obviously we lost, but I feel very good about myself because that's what I was coming here to play, you know, to play and to demonstrate what can I bring to the team. And uh, the, just that joy of playing and having fun, obviously with we lost, but that excitement that, okay, this is just beginning, you know, sure. next game is going to be better. And next game is gonna be better. Sure. So, yeah, and, and obviously getting getting those game minutes under your legs is yeah. gotta feel good, right? <laughs> it's it's a you know everyone that's that's the, the goal is everyone to play and uh, you know play as much as you can and uh, and, and that's really the only way you're gonna get game ready, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Well, let me. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pitch it over to uh, Mario real quick. Mario, uh, something about this season was you know, obviously special got the good guy good group of guys here and uh 
and making the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Well, in new franchise history, I should should say caveat. Uh, you know, we I've, I've talked uh, to you and both Josh about you know the recapping the season, but just kind of give me your synopsis of from your perspective how the season went. Uh, if anybody, and I mean anybody, followed us was a supporter last year, it's I don't even care. We went fourteen fourteen this year. Last year, by July or August, we probably would have already threw in the white flag. I know I thought a couple times of doing that myself, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great thank you. You don't know how much it means to us uh, for La Union, for me personally, um, the great year that we had this year. I know we didn't go as far as we wanted to in either U.S. Open Cup or – but it was just an amazing season this year. It's just – I'm kind of speechless, to be honest. But Sure. Oh, uh, yeah, this uh, – the, from the beginning, from the winning 4-1, to one, um, Hate to a little nodge for myself there, but I <laughs> told you so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but, it I mean, it didn't even matter if the game was disqualified. I knew from preseason that we were going to have a great team, and they didn't let me down. It was a great season. We had great star players. Um, there weren't superstars, but, you know, they did what they, they were able to do, and it was just it's great to see that passion in a team that I know this city deserves. And sure. uh, it, to be honest, there's no specific word to call this season, but wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, how about you, man? Uh, just uh, your synopsis of the season and kind of your quick take of how it all went this year. Yeah. I mean, I think Mario hit it on the head in terms of just a comparison from last season to this season and, you know, uh, there were many among us who were publicly irate, to put it lightly, <laughs> at the end of last last season. And you should have saw us privately, by the way, folks. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, if we were irate in public, we were we were triggered at the highest level <laughs> in private. And um, to have just a turnaround so quickly. Um, to go from, I mean, I mean, the reality is, like you said, we had 14 wins this year. We only had, I think, what, like 19 points last year. And so to like almost have as many, yeah, five wins total, to almost have as many wins as we did points last year, I mean, it says it all. And, uh, of course, um, you know, I'm, people who know me know that I'm pretty level-headed and I'll be critical and I'll, I'll praise people like to the ends of the earth. And I will also say, you know, we need to do better in ways, but this year I couldn't have expected any better. I was hoping that we would just be competitive in every match. And I felt like we were, I didn't know if that would get us to the playoffs and it did. And so I think it's just a great start, uh, a great foundation that we can build on. And I'm really happy that the club has re-signed coach Vaudrill just to continue that building process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, Jonathan, real quick before we jump, we're going to jump into some top tens here just momentarily. And I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, what's what's your plan for this offseason? Do you have some workouts planned and, and are you just staying in the weight room? What I always always get curious to what folks, what soccer players do in the offseason around here. Well, it's totally different for each and every one of the players mm-hmm. because someone preferred to go to vacation on just relax, enjoy the family, and literally do nothing. Mm-hmm. Some other players prefer to enjoy some days and then start working again. But for me, I cannot be, like, still, you know? I sure, cannot be, sure. like, three yeah. months or even three weeks without anything, doing anything or kicking a ball. It, I will go crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> crazy. I understand. Over I don't the, I don't do very well with idle time either. That's, that's why I started a podcast. Eleven years, <laughs> ten years, twelve years, I've been doing the same thing and just sitting at home and doing nothing. It just drives me crazy, you know? Sure, sure. So I'm gonna train and I'm gonna train in the things that I can improve. Mm-hmm. Be in the waiting room and then I'm gonna go to LA to these clinics it called Exos. The athletics okay. performance to improve my fitness and work on a little bit of the ball and just went to the season start or preseason start. 
Okay. Cool. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not, I'm kind of like you. I don't do idle time very well. I'm like I, I got to be running around. I've yeah. got to be doing something all the time. Okay. Very good. And yeah, I know a few folks have left town, and uh, you know, and um, I think you know, sticking around and, and getting. I'm sure those co- I'm sure those coaches and trainers will get you get you worked up for, for sure. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I guess we can. Uh, do you guys want to go to the top ten real quick, or do y'all want to do some predictions? What do y'all want to do, Mario? What do you want to do, man? Um, let's do predictions first. Let's we'll get, do predictions. Let's, okay. Let's, let's get the easy one out. All right, <laughs> easy one. Also, wish that we had more folks in the offseason like Jonathan. Oh, go ahead. Like, who can't stop? Who keep training and keep getting better? That's what I want in players. So I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. For those, uh, I'm not sure if you're able to catch on it, but uh, jo- uh, Josh was saying uh, he wants more players like that. And uh, probably a lot of guys do go out of town, do train, but I think that, that was something, um, you know, we had talked about the big difference when already that Coach Vaud being signed is that people like Jonathan who are, who are around town or people that are going to be, you know, signed for the team, can do those workouts and can get that continuity going and get those get those workouts together and, and get more of that familiarity with one another. And that was something that Coach Vaud said, hey, we want to make sure, you know, we we get signed a group of guys. And I think that's going to be a huge difference from last year for the past two seasons where it was just basically a shift change, right? It was new team, new management, everything almost except management Correct. 15, 16. So that will be something that will be a lot different for Roughneck fans uh, and something that will be – I think will be beneficial to everybody. And that's something other teams have had and the Roughnecks have not really in the past few years with uh, a lot of teams. So that's a good point. And, and to what Josh was saying, just to add on to kind of piggyback on that point, but um, well, let's, let's talk about predictions. So uh, we have Oklahoma city hosting, I'm sorry, Swope park hosting Oklahoma city energy. And then on the other side, we have Louisville and uh, the baby bulls, New York red bull too. So Mario's got the got the mic. So Mario, what do you think? Who's going to be in the finals and who's going to win this all? All right, for me on the East Coast, I got to start with the East. That's where I'm from. There you go. Um, I gotta go, and Josh knows why I'm going to go up against the other team. As a Revolution fan, you know, I can't like those Red Bulls, but <laughs> um, I gotta go. Louisville, they've been consistent for the past three years. They've been making the playoffs always. Always being runner-ups, but I think this year they're going to be making it past the Red Bulls. They've been dominant. They've beat uh, Red Bulls before. They can do it again. On the West Coast, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who to root for. Um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, it, uh, for sure it's not Oklahoma City. But then at the p- same time, you know, being out in Oki, um, it kind of it would be nice to see somebody from nearby. And I know how much. I know it kills me to say that, but oh no, never mind. So Park, but that's me being biased. <laughs> um, but to be honest, I think Oklahoma City has more firepower. They're right now they're in a hot streak. They've been five games undefeated in October. Um, I don't see So Park. They were struggling against I forgot who they were playing. Um, Sacramento. Yep. And it was just I, energy. Have great defense. I'm going to go skip forward. I'm going to say Oklahoma City. They win. And then on the final between Oklahoma City and uh, Louisville, 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 Louisville. That's that's what's going to win it all for me. It's been a while since somebody from the West has even won it, I think. I, I think so. Last time was, what, LA Galaxy? LA Galaxy? Did they win it all? No, no. no. Sacramento in 2014, maybe? Yeah, I think Sacramento, yeah, Sacramento 2014. Sacramento. Yeah, Correct. that's right. Because LA Galaxy got beat by uh, Rochester, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's they right. did. Yeah. Yep. So we'll go ahead and move it over here to Josh. And uh, Josh, who do you think, man? Well, I, I think in the East it's going to be Louisville. Um, they have just all year. They're one of those find a way to win teams. Sure. And it, it doesn't always come the same way, and it doesn't come in the same style at times, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't always come by the same margin. Sometimes they're blowing people out six nil, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're barely squeaking it with you know one goal difference and i just don't see them at home uh i i I, with the experience that uh, mario mentioned in the playoffs i do not see them losing to new york to be quite honest in the west 
Oklahoma City has the hot hand. They're playing extremely well, and it's not just lucky bounces either. Um, I would say that Swope Park's speed could cut down Oklahoma City, but I would have said that about San Antonio too because mm -hmm. Forbes is a blazer on the side there uh, for San Antonio. I really think that this comes down to – this Western Conference Final comes down to which keeper stands on his head, to be quite honest. Yeah. Because uh, I think both teams are going to get in, uh, in on goal and in the box. I, I, I think Oklahoma City is going to beat them though, and, and I don't like saying that. It made me yeah. kind of throw up in my mouth a bit. But uh, <laughs> I think Oklahoma City is going to beat them, and I and I agree. I think it's going to be a Louisville Oklahoma City final. I think Louisville will win that match as well. So I, I think Mario and I have the exact same picks, to be quite honest. Okay. All right. Jonathan, who do you think, man? Well, I think Oklahoma City is going to win the conference here. And Louisville. Louisville has been very consistent, like Mario said. Has a very solid team, very good team. And I don't know who is going to win the next game, but for me, those teams are the strongest ones. Okay. All right, so it sounds like we've kind of agree, or seems like consensus is Oklahoma City, Louisville. I don't think I heard anybody say differently. So watch it be Swope Park and New York Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, watch it be a boring rematch from last season, right? So, uh, oh, go ahead. The one major reason why, and this is, I mean, anybody that's watching, following for the past three years, Louisville. It doesn't matter. They can probably have me, Roger, and Joshua on the field. Uh -oh. And that coach from Louisville, he can make us superstars. <laughs> I mean, the, that man, I forget his name, but he just, his system, it doesn't matter. He can get anybody from the college, anybody, and he can just make them into a great player. That system is just, it makes, I forget the name of the player that used to play for us. Oscar Jimenez. There you yeah. go. Yeah, oh, Oscar. I, I, when he got picked, by Louisville and a couple of Louisville fans, they asked my uh, Union supporters Twitter page. I was like, oh no, you know, he was he's short, you know, he's uh, that winger type, but I don't see him doing good. Well, he, I don't know how many assists he had this year, but he's doing pretty good, and also a threat at scoring goals. And that's just James O'Connor. Oh, James O'Connor. There you go. Thank you. He he knows how to manage players. He, I mean, he traded Hoffman, and and they're still they're still doing great without him. And Fondy, Fondy, the first yeah. year, the goal scoring. And the thing is, they don't just have one player goal scorer. They don't have two. They have – they got defenders scoring goals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a great system. Uh, and that's my Louisville pick. That's my reason for that. Okay. He's kind of like the Belichick, right, of uh, USL. You know, and I would also mention that not only is there the Oscar Jimenez, Tulsa Roughnecks uh, kind of connection playing for Louisville, but over on the New York side – Mm -hmm. Our past defender, David Abador, is also playing and getting time with New York. So we'll see two former Roughnecks in the Eastern Conference final yep. as well. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, so there will be some Tulsa connections there uh, for uh, any team that comes out of the East. So that would be something of interest. And also, just really, I want to quickly point out, if the Bulls win, the New York Red Bulls win, and Oklahoma City wins, that means Oklahoma City will be hosting the USL Finals. Correct. So just something to think about. Okay, so let's uh, move on, if we can, guys, to the our top ten. So we, I told Mario, Josh, and, and Jonathan, I don't know if I told you or not. Did Okay, I didn't get the memo. You didn't get the, <laughs> I didn't tell you. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so I've had the guys uh, put together a top ten list of things that happened this season. So – I said preseason's open, um, so if there's something happening preseason, you would like. I'm trying to keep this on the field, but if there's something, you know, you know, we, this is my own segment. We'll make it up as we go. But I wanted to talk about our top ten. Uh, oh, great! Thanks for saying that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's something like okay, like house rules. Know, yeah, it's house. Well, it's not like oh, we signed this player or we did this thing. It's more like something that happened that on the field, like. You know, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the four-one win, but which was can't was negated by a forfeit. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I kind of meant. Just going with that. So, anyway, Josh, uh, go ahead, and give me your top ten, man. Top ten. 
Okay, and I'm going to break your rule a little bit. Oh, that's, but that's fine. fine. That's, it's it's there meant to be broken. Right? I do what I want. <laughs> All right, so like my top ten, I think uh, Mario's ours are probably going to mirror each other in a couple of ways, but you know, number ten kind of going up in from good to like the best moment for me. But number ten would be uh, a, a small handful of us took a trip up to to St. Louis preseason, um, and. You know that's not a short trip. It's not long, but it's not a short trip to take for a preseason mm-hmm. for for an unknown hours. team that you really don't sure. know. And we stood in the freezing cold and got in trouble from security for beer showers <laughs> uh, for the five of us. And we saw a team that had chemistry, like almost immediately. That was the first time we saw Ian flash a little bit, sure, and and show some of his prowess around goal. And uh, it really what kind of would make the fans love Ian. So that would be number 10 for me. Uh, just keep going up the list. Yeah, yeah. Number uh, nine would be give that. Me, give me 10 through six, and then I'll hand okay. it over. Okay, all right, that works. That way. Number nine would be that first ma- uh, match, just to come out so strong, uh, you know, regardless of the forfeiture. The 4-1 win. Sure. ridiculously stupid forfeiture, if uh, Jake Edwards is listening. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and again, Ian on all cylinders, and to have him jump into you know Barra Brava up onto the the section and just get into it with the fans immediately, that really set the tone for how the players would interact with the fans. And we all know by the end of last season, the fa- the, the players would never even come by us anymore. So it, it was just good to see that felt good, yeah. and I loved it. Um, now here's where I'm going to break one of your rules: is a, a player signing. Um, for me, I, I think it's really great to have, when we can, to have hometown talent mm-hmm. on the squad. And, of course, we lost uh, Christian Mata for various reasons early in the season. Uh, but to have Bradley Bourgeois on the team, sure. who, uh, you know, University of Tulsa played for the Athletic. and um, But not only to have him on the team, but, man, that guy works hard. <laughs> Bradley Bourgeois play. I mean, he didn't, he made mistakes. He made great plays in between. He just worked really hard. And yeah, in, he got in my mind, sure. my mind, all nine minutes from line to line worked as hard, if not harder than anybody else. And so I really enjoyed watching Bradley play and become better throughout the year. So I, that was a big one for me. Uh, <clears throat> number seven was actually coming back from that, uh, being down two at half at, at LA. Yep. Watching mm-hmm. the team respond, I hadn't even in our first year where we were s- mediocre and somewhat decent. Uh, we didn't come from behind. No. Mm-mm. And uh, to, to watch the team go down two nil at half on the road on a really long road trip. Sure. Uh, and a really long road swing, and then to come back out and and, and tie it up and and come home with a point. That was that was big for me. And then my number six is it's it's a couple of numbers, okay. right? Um, in in 2016, our point per game average was 0.63. Mm. This year, our point per game average was 1.44. So over doubling how many points per game we were we garnered throughout the year with a longer schedule, with a more strenuous. Uh, travel schedule as well. Um, those numbers really split. It. So that's on the pitch, but it was just like the yeah. the body of work for me. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. That's good. That's a good perspective there. Mario, go ahead and give me your 10 through 6. Um, I A lot of similarities in both of ours, but um, my number 10, and I have to steal his number 6, um, just having a 14-game, like 14 games that we won, if I would have said that last year to myself by August or October, I would have like, no, nah, Roughnecks? <laughs> the Roughnecks will be? Um, that That's my number 10. We played great. You know, we did lose 14 games, yes. Um, but those games, they they didn't get blown out. They didn't get beat 7-0 to St. Louis. We didn't get murdered by... Still 7-1, by the way. Oh, 7-1. Sorry, excuse me. I was drunk for that one goal. <laughs> um and then, you know, it just a great, great team effort this year. That's my number 10. Um, let me turn this back on. Uh, my number nine is Cian Kaffa score, his first goal for the Roughnecks. Yes, it was disallowed, yes. But I haven't seen a goal like that all season long. That goalie didn't see that coming. He saw it, and then he's like, oh, I need to jump. <laughs> it was a little too late. But, um, yeah, that first goal he scored was wonderful. I was right there, and I was like, He's not going to do what he think he's going to do. He's going to pass it up, right? 
no. <laughs> yeah, and he scored a goal. He got me jumping. I was, I was jumping so much, I forgot to even use the smoke bombs until my girlfriend said, hey, um, smoke bombs. <laughs> oh, yeah, bombs. Oh, yeah. On your end, too. Oh, yeah, on our end, yep. And everybody jumped on Kafa when I was screaming, come over here. Oh, yeah. Um, my number eight, keeping the number one seed, um, Real Monarchs, mm-hmm. winless against us. Yep. Uh, that, I mean, last year, they didn't have the best season. This year... They're number one. I wish we would have played them in the playoffs, but we beat them, and we also tied with them at their home. I know it was the altitude and everything, but we beat them here 2-0. to zero. That, for me, was amazing. Um, that effort that we had against them here, it was the best. Uh, Sebastian Velasquez, I think he wasn't playing that game, but um, it was just a great effort from the left next side of the game. He played in the second game, the one at Salt Lake City. He was, he was yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, my number seven, it's Kafa's penalty kick against that Oklahoma City goalkeeper. Mm. The the Penelka, the Penelka, yeah, that was beautiful. I, I I think I lost my voice as soon as he scored that goal. I wanted to jump in the middle of the field and just run out there because that was beautiful. I, I knew he didn't see that coming at all. That was just amazing to have the courage to shoot like that mm. in a game that Division Two. I mean, that was amazing. Um, my number six, seeing that uh, Corrales thunder kick again, but this time here in Tulsa. Um, unfortunately, I have to be honest, guys, I was just getting back, getting into the stadium when that happened, and I heard everybody screaming, and I was like, what happened? What happened? Corrales just did another thunder shot against St. Louis. I was like, oh, I got to go back and watch it on YouTube again. Oh. <laughs> and that was in St. Louis, too. Yeah. No, no, right. no, 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 the second one, the, and the right. Tulsa, right. the Tulsa right. one. Right. Yep. And that was a midweek game, I think yep, it was. That's yep. right. Well, that was my number six. Okay. And real quick, before we go to the top five, uh, Jonathan, I want to ask you, since uh, he mentioned a couple of names, Bradley Bourgeois and, uh, and Juan Pablo, uh, and, and, yeah, Bradley playing, you know, he's got a motor, and you've got Mo back there, and, and all, you know, before, you know, one of the things, the compliments I always heard from other folks was how good the center of the defense was for Tulsa. Yeah. What just real quick talk about Mo and uh, and of course you know Jorge and, and and those guys too on the wing or on the on the fullbacks with uh, Kosuke. How is it to you know coming to a new team and then having such a solid back line like Tulsa did? It was good, but I think obviously sometimes don't people realize it that Fabi Serda did an amazing job. Oh, wow, absolutely. An amazing job. Obviously, yeah, we had like a great defensive line, but the goalkeeper did an amazing job. It saved us a lot of time. But the team played really well. They or we understand each other how we did we play. Mm-hmm. And it was so good because even though if somebody doesn't play, the other one that the sub is going to play did it the same or better or did a great job, you know? Yeah. So so it was great. Yeah, it's always nice to have that pressure off of you. You have such a good goalkeeper behind you. You know, oh, if I mess up, Fabian's going to be right there. Yeah, but He's you cannot think up. like that. No, you, you cannot can't. Think, yeah. of course. No. <laughs> you so, cannot leave it to the Fabian chance, probably you know? appreciates it. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. make sure, you know, because, you know. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes, okay, the, the striker pass or it was a good kick or a good cross, and then you see Fabi jumping in the air and saving us from the goal, you know, and that's that's important to us because sure. when that kind of plays happen, our confidence build up and so we push harder and sure have more faith in us. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point and, and I have on my top ten if uh of Fabian Serta a couple of times listed because of you know, uh there was uh the match in Salt Lake City, shut out Salt Lake City twice. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City never scored on Fabian Serta. Okay, and you know you just saw the level when Fabian was in the goal, you know, and and it's not it's just how good he I mean how he directed traffic out there and he was just there was just saves that he made that I was just sitting there shaking my head like oh my goodness I mean I think it was that St Louis match they're sitting there they have like three or four shots just back to back to back and he was just all over the all over the net I mean all over the goalpost trying to keep them out so. Yeah, kudos to him. I mean, I think he had a phenomenal season. And if he's not up for 
defender or goalkeeper of the year, then, you know, uh, I, I don't know what they're smoking, man. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if, I, if I may, real quick, I'll jump in, just give real quick my six through ten. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some honorable mentions. Is that cool? Can we do some honorable mentions? All right. So I think um, uh, Kafa's uh, penalty kick at Portland to uh, tie us up in Portland was really important. Uh, it was on that trip that we had in, in, in Cascadia. We had those three matches, Whitecaps, Seattle. Um, were you here for that, Jonathan? To- yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So and you, that's a tough trip. You're gone yeah, for Yeah, it was very hard. What was it, 14 days you guys are gone for? Something 10 days. Like 10 days. So. 10 days, yeah. And you're playing soccer the whole time, too. Yeah, it's yeah, just, totally. Yeah. It's it's hard because all the traveling and the the soreness of the muscle and you have to play and you have to get used to the, to the field and the different sure. – if it's, like, grass or it's turf. So, yeah, it was it was hard. Yeah, and then come away, uh, two draws and a victory, I thought was actually, yeah, yeah. Two, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on that trip, I pretty, think it was good. playoff times were, were coming, so that was a good time. And then uh, uh, we had Christian's goal. Well, that was here in Seattle, uh, or here at home. Uh, I think I have that on here. Never mind, that's not a – so yeah. Ugarte had the goal at Seattle yeah. to tie that match up, and, and Seattle was in the hunt for the playoffs at the time. Uh, and uh, – you know, getting uh, all those goals in in in, um, in Phoenix when it was just a, it was a goal, it was a, I mean, really good goals. Juan Pablo Kafa's goal was probably one of the best of the year. It just got overshadowed because Didier Drogba was scoring and uh, Johnson was all over the field in that game. And oh man, that uh, he is Johnson as fast in real life as he looked like he on that YouTube stream, Jonathan. Yeah, they have pretty <laughs> fast forwards. Gosh. Yeah, he is. I, I thought, I was like, my God, this is the fastest guy I've seen play in the league. I, I mean, even faster than Forbes, I thought. You know, he was just so quick. But anyway, um, Brown's clearance versus Salt of uh, St. Louis. Uh, not Brown. Oh, Bronico clearing the ball off the line. Oh, and uh, Yeah, at home against St. Louis. Uh, that was a, I thought, ball was bouncing right in front of Fabian Serta. They were about to tie it up on us at home and, uh, Bronico came in and cleared it out. Who actually got he was on a, listed as a sub uh, in the Chicago match in, in the playoffs. So something to keep in mind. Um, a couple of others: uh, Spontessen's um, uh, brace versus. Uh, I'm sorry, I read the wrong person here. Um, Corrales's goal versus St. Louis. Uh, I had lifted out my honorable mentions because uh, the preseason goal was from about the halfway line. And just out of nowhere, he just catches the goalkeeper sleeping. and uh, Yeah, wow. And then a Coffa's free kick against Vancouver Whitecaps, too, at home. That was an amazing free kick. That was the one where the Va- the Vancouver Whitecap guy just kind of looked behind him, and the ball was in the back of the net, and he just picks it up and throws it back out. <laughs> like, he didn't even make an attempt on it. He just watched it go in the net, and that was it. So, uh, But for mine, uh, I'll just real quick, uh, uh, the shutout versus uh, uh, Phoenix Rising at home. That was huge. I thought that was just an amazing attempt, on it, amazing, op- amazing job by the defense in that match to keep DDA flipping Drogba and uh, Sean Wright Phillips from scoring goals. I mean, that's 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 crazy. Uh, Fabian Sturdis shutout versus uh, Salt Lake City number nine for me. Uh, Garte's goal at Seattle. Oh, I guess I did list as my top ten. Sorry, and then Ayala's goal at RGV. That was our first away match. That was a team that beat us up all last year. And then we got a victory at RGV. And I thought that at that moment, okay, this team is for real. We just got a a big win, a long bus trip down to Edinburgh, Texas. I thought that was a huge goal for the fan. And that was the one I think I saw. Who was it, Nick or – no, it was Ricky that gave the sad beer shower at Empire that we see in the promos every once in a while. Yeah, that actually made it on Channel 6 News, all the beer going everywhere in the bar. Yeah, I think it was Nick just kind of <laughs> – just kind of – kind of – it was yeah. – sorry, Nick. Uh, and then uh, Christian's goal versus Seattle to clinch the playoffs, I thought, was a um, very important goal for the team just because we're in the playoffs. And then to survive a barrage of attacks for 45 minutes down a man – Props yeah, to the that defense. was crazy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they did. They just lined up and were just shooting yeah. it. And, I mean, that's all you can do is 
defend, you're down a man. It's hard to get any offense going. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, uh, okay, Josh, yeah, you want to go ahead and give me just your top five? Sure. I, uh, I'm not sure if it's the same Kaffa goal, but I believe this was actually a, a free kick, and I'm not sure if it was Van- Vancouver He had or not. a few of those this year. But yeah, obviously. Um, uh, but it was at One Oak, and it was... Orange at- County. Was it Orange County? I can't remember, but it's the one where he, we were coming to 101's end, uh, the roustabouts end, and the free kick curled around the keeper and literally stuck in the net. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, I, I had never seen that in my life, let alone live, and it just literally stuck in the net. The keeper had to go, like, unjar it from the post and the wow. net, and that was just, like, amazing to me. So, and I lost my mind, of course. <laughs> um, so that would be number five for me. Number four would be beating Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. Okay. We had, we had only beat them once, and that was at the end of 2015, the infamous uh, Brady taking his shirt off and running through the crowd mm, celebration. Yeah. And um, But beating them in Oklahoma City just meant so much, and it set the tone for the Black Gold Derby and, and for the season, I think. I, I, I believe – I really that's when I, that's when I believed in the team, like, wholeheartedly first – uh, number three for me um, would be beating San Antonio in like the most epic penalty shootout of all time uh, for the U.S. Open Cup to go on to face MLS Dallas. I, I think that basically cemented Serda's, uh stature in the in the minds of fans, and that's when we just kind of rallied around. I know we were all standing on the sidelines there and and rushed the field, and Serda was lifted up, and it was just an amazing epic penalty battle and to have it end with Serda scoring on Restrepo and then saving Restrepo's kick to win the match was uh, phenomenal. And I know it's listed in one of the top five pro Tulsa soccer victories of all time, uh, which is right up there with the 83 soccer bowl. So um, that would be my number three. Number two, I I have to put uh, as well, beating Seattle one nil at home to clinch playoffs um, the manner in which the defense really stepped up after I me, mean, I don't know if you guys realize how fast Christian Tier Young is. Mm, yeah. That guy is fast. You could literally see the dust coming up from his feet on that goal mm-hmm. as he was running. And just to have that kind of, of speed and then the defense hold like that, but also just the relief mm-hmm. of like, oh my God, we actually made the playoffs. Yep. Yep. You know, and of course we want to be a team that goes for championships, but you got to make the playoffs first. Yes, you do. And so that's the thing. And then of course for me, my number one um, is uh, is winning the Black Hole Derby for the first time. Yep. Is, is winning the season series against Oklahoma City, grabbing the wrench. I know there's videos and they show it on the promos of the team and Sarada walking the wrench over and then handing it over and like all hell ensues with champagne bottles and beer showers and smoke going. Uh, that's it's something I won't ever forget in my life, uh, winning it for the first time. I'm not sure it will ever be as sweet as it was this year. Who knows? Sure. So hopefully we can win it next year and I'll find out. So, Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, those are great top five there for sure. Mario, how about you, bud? If you want to rehear everything Josh just said, <laughs> just keep listening. Just keep listening. Not everything exactly the same, but some things. My number five is going head-to-head with FC Dallas. If nine years ago somebody would have said to me, Mario, there's going to be a Tulsa Roughnecks team that's going to be playing a Division I MLS team and going toe-to-toe all the way to extra time, I would have said, no, you're crazy. Get away from me. <laughs> but um, we did. Um, you know, they didn't have their number one, you know, their number one squads on the team, but... Uh, they put them in the ending, but um, they have a lone E scored on us, and it did put us down a little bit. But um, Kioske with that goal, you know, yeah. a defender scoring a goal, you know, putting the passion, putting the team in his back to score a goal, and for us to hold back, you know, we were, we did play a little bit defensively, but it was a great game. I mean, I was excited. I was jealous with the Rossabouts because they were all over there, and I I wish I could have been there. I would have been screaming as long as. As hard as they were, but um, it was a great game. That was my number five. My number four, and I've said the second goal that Corrales did was amazing, but that one in St. Louis was 
it, you know, I could have tried that a hundred times in FIFA 2017, <laughs> and it wouldn't have. I might get one, but that shot was it surprised everybody on the field. The St. Louis St. Lunatics, they were. They were dumbfounded. They was like, um, you ain't the same Tulsa team. Who who do you got these guys from? <laughs> who are these guys? Yeah. And it was a great feeling. I It was a wonderful night. Um, my number three, as a Chelsea fan as well, uh, keeping Drogba scoreless in Tulsa. First of all, he doesn't, he doesn't go to Oklahoma City. He doesn't go to a lot of turf fields, but he yeah. came to Tulsa. And all the free kick chances – uh, Serta was sitting on his head, and he, he was blocking. Um, there was the times that he was doing the free kicks on our side of the field, and it was – I was like, oh, God, is it bad if I cheer if he scores? <laughs> or, but then Serta, you know, with his blocking and everything, and the team just played amazing. Um, that was my number three. That was just an amazing game to watch. My number two is beating San Antonio in the Open Cup by penalties. Um Yet again, Serta kicking a free kick. Our goalie kicking a free kick. Sure. That, I want to run there in the middle of the field when he did that. And then when he blocked it in the ending, when he stopped Rostrepo, that was the game. It should be my number one, but it is not my number one. Um, my number one, just like Josh's, um, we won the wrench this year. I mean, yeah, it's it, the Oklahoma City guys can say, yeah, we played for tools. They can win for cups. We'll talk about it once they win a cup. But, <laughs> w w you know, I, I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but Tulsa actually won a cup before in 83 in ASL. Remember that? Yeah, so it's nothing new to us. Um, but getting, the, getting that wrench, having Josh come across, you know, for years, for three years, I, me and Josh and a couple other people, we were the founding members of the Rostovats. We we dreamed to one day lift that wrench. For almost two weeks, that wrench sat in my back of my trunk. And I always thought, and I told my kids, it was like, one day we will raise this, tro this wrench up, and we've won, and we beat Oklahoma City. And we did that not just once, but twice in one season to win the series. That is my all-time. I, I mean, tomorrow, with next season, we can win it again. And it will never mean the same. Just like Josh said, it, it will never mean the same as the first time you lift it up. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I'll go ahead and knock out my top five real quick. Uh, number five, Spontessen's Brace versus Colorado Springs. I don't know. It's like, okay, we had the forfeit or whatever. But that was the first game of the season. Winning 4-1, I thought it meant a lot. I mean, who cares about what happened with the USL or whatever? Just the fact that we went out there and just beat the dog crap out of Colorado Springs, a team that beat us forever. We, could, we couldn't do anything against, and all of a sudden we beat them like they didn't even belong on the pitch. I thought that was great. Uh, beating Salt Lake City at home, Kafa's goal, uh, or I think Kalistri had a goal there who had a phenomenal season with uh, Tulsa as well. Um, and then him back to back here. I've got his goal at OKC. I know the freak, the penalty kick was amazing, but with Kalistri's goal, getting that go ahead goal at Oklahoma City, and I know we've mentioned Oklahoma City a lot, but not only the rivalry, but how good of a team that they've been for the past two seasons. Well, three, well, really two, but they've played three before us, one before us. But and just to see that we could we could hang our hat with those guys, I, I thought it meant a lot. And then also, obviously, getting the wrench was huge this year. Uh, Kosuke's goal versus Dallas of number two. Uh, I was at the game. Oh, did, were you guys there? I'm not, I can't uh, remember. I, I wasn't there. Yeah, we had to pregame because they didn't serve alcohol there. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you frat boyed it in the, uh, yeah. in the, in the hotel uh, sink, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, Ricky, Ricky Myers, who's been on the show before, he and I uh, – we put beers in the uh, sink like we're a bunch of college kids going to OU Texas. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was fun times. We uh, we had a good time. It was a great, you know, Dallas fans uh, appreciated how, how well our team, how good we were. I think a lot of them thought, oh, this is just some team from Tulsa. We'll beat them 5-0 in the Open Cup, but that's not what happened. Not I mean, we hung in there, played well. Unfortunately, at the very end with the own goal. But, I mean, I think Dallas, or Dallas is attacking pretty hard there towards the end. 
it just felt like they were going to get that goal one way or the other. But uh, anyway, good effort going up against our first MLS opponent in, in franchise history. Even there was no MLS back in the 80s. So um, great job there. And then Serta, I have that number one. Cause I, to this day, I still think that may have been the second most important victory for Tulsa as a football t- or a soccer team. Uh, obviously, 83 Soccer Bowl, number one. And maybe number two, beating Pele in Tulsa would probably be number two. Number three has got to be beating uh, in, to advance to play FC Dallas in the Open Cup against uh, San Antonio. In the way that it happened, Restrepo getting blocked by the other team's goalkeeper, i.e. Fabian Serta. I mean, it's almost like a scripted. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't have scripted it better. So those are my top five. Um, Jonathan, do you have anything to add, man? And do you have a do you have a top five or maybe a top two or just from the season, just from a team perspective? I know you mentioned earlier, just getting for you personally. Well, I think the the great friendship between some of the guys that we did mm-hmm. it, it was amazing because when you came to the team, obviously at the middle of the season, it's hard even to play or even to create like a, a, a friendship with somebody, you know, because of the competition and all. It's about to end and that, that kind of stuff, you know, but I feel, I think that that's one of the best things with the, with Cisco, with Fabi, with Jaime. It, it was a great, I didn't, I never, never thought that we would create that great friendship with them. Mm-hmm. But... But yeah, what else? Um, the worst moment for me was that penalty kick. Mm-hmm. For me, it was out, and the ref did a bad call, you know. But we always made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Nobody is perfect, you know. But yeah. but yeah, but I think that playing in my first season here, playing like I didn't thought that I was gonna play like star, you know, because the team was playing really well and the midfielders are, were playing very well and the mm-hmm. center mids, center defenders were playing very well, you know. So to finish the season like this and went to the playoffs and we did a great game. I mm-hmm. think the best game we ever played in the time that I was here because we never touched the ball like we did in that game. Obviously... There, there comes a time that they had like all the possession of the ball, mm-hmm. but we did a great game. But it was a great season. It was sure. a great game, and it was a great bunch of guys that we were enjoying ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I think you have to have that camaraderie and something you know that you know the guys talked about in the 2015 season a lot. You know, it's just how well they got along, and you know, and sometimes you know. But you have to have that. It's it's hard to it doesn't matter if you've got ten DDA drogbos, if they don't get along, you know, you don't have that trust. You have to have that trust with one another. And and coming in halfway through the season like you did, Jonathan, I know that's a, gotta be a very difficult challenge. You yeah. know, obviously we kinda talked about it earlier. So uh, that's good to hear that guys got along and, and you know, going back to the pop and vod show, seeing all the guys kind of getting along and you know, kind of laughing and, you know, cutting up a little bit. That's, that's stuff you want to see. You know, you'll see the guys getting along, and, and that's great to hear. And um, and having some of those guys that, you know, uh, here you are in a new country, you know, and, and then here's some guys that can, hey, you know, they could, you know, you could relate to right off the bat. So that's, I think, yeah. very important and to have for sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, bud. just want to let you know on that penalty – in San Antonio, not one supporter thinks that was you or your fault at all. Yeah. In I fact, agree. we have lots of web pages and forums, and for like a week straight, I was enemy number one on these four going after San Antonio and going after the ref. So I just want to let you know, you defend for us, but <laughs> yeah. we defend for you. Yeah, that's true. Out there because that w- that was a dumb call. Bad, bad call, and I totally so let it go. If you haven't already, just let it go. Because yeah, yeah, no, shoot. Man, I recorded it. I slowed it down and did a still frame of the moment <laughs> and posted it to show everybody how ridiculous it was. If you see the play from in front or from the, the side, I had multiple angles. 
I got you. first, and it was outside. Even though if it were a foul, it would be outside. Yeah. And let it be known, Forbes actually admitted that he jumped early to try to get over him because he had already gotten the ball. So Forbes even knows it wasn't good. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to talk just about had it, to but put it out there. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was waiting. I was like, well, I, I don't want to go to ask, but if uh, you know, certainly we got we go that direction. That's fine too. I know it's a. Thank you guys. You know, two weeks of therapy from that one, and you guys had to ring it up, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, well, that's why I was like, well, I didn't. I wasn't going to, you know, not to, you know, not on purpose or anything, but you know, I certainly, I know it's a, it's a tough one, and you know, it's it's. It, you know, I, I think everyone, even neutral observers that have nothing to do with Tulsa, said, you know, it's like I'd hate, to, I hate to see that that's the way the match ended. And even in the stadium, they passed the replay mm-hmm. in the big screen, and everybody saw it wasn't a, a penalty kick. But stuff happens. That's football, you know. That's yeah, the is. beauty of the game, and you have to be mature, be professional, and be better sure. the next time, you know. And Maybe today hap- that day happened to us. Maybe another day it's gonna happen to other team. You know, so sure. And as a defender, it's it's bound to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah, kind of yeah. like an own goal. It's bound to happen. It's gonna happen. It just, you know, yeah, it's but, it doesn't make it any better. I'm sure for you, but it's, no, it's but still you know it is what it is. You know, those are the um, the moments, the details that make you stronger and make mm-hmm. you better. To have a better judgment call in that kind of place because okay maybe I did the right thing but maybe I could like be with him or you know I don't know maybe the next time that a situation presents itself for me maybe I can do it a little bit different for sure. the ref not to doubt so much the play it's just that thing that grows into you you know sure yeah you learn from it yeah, yeah. totally just yeah. like any anything in life you know you learn from it and just know what to do. You'll that that's a situation happens again for sure. Well, um, I I was thinking I don't I don't think we have enough time to talk USSF versus NASL, do we? Nah, we'll 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 let other people talk about that. Really a big conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out more on the thirty first, I guess. Yes. Uh, but right now, just for folks uh, listening in, um, we'll we'll continue on with the podcast on a weekly basis for sure. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep talking about soccer. There's so much going on, even it's off season, the USL and NAS and in well, NASL soon and us, I guess, uh, they're still, the seasons are finishing up, but the, really the big season is going to be happening in the courtrooms, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I may have to get a, a law degree to figure it all out, but, uh, We'll, we'll hopefully have some folks on to talk about what's going on in the off season and with uh, the soccer federation. And Jonathan, I know you have a little bit of a different perspective because uh, you know Mexico is obviously in the World Cup, but last year struggled. You know, what was it that you know from your mind that changed between four years ago and today in Mexico for the soccer team? Well. Obviously, at that time, it was hard, you know, because you're seeing, like, your national team struggle to get into the World Cup, and you kind of, like, have that sense, okay, maybe we're not going to go to the World Cup. And in Mexico, the city get burned if the national team don't go to the, yeah. the, the, to the World Cup. So right now, it was really, like, different, you know, because when the national team in the U.S., didn't make the playoffs. I was so like stunned because over here, like people said, oh, it's not not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But if Mexico would pass like that, oh man, buildings would get burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the journalists will kill all the players, oh, yeah. the coaching staff, the the federa- the Mexican Federation. It would be a mess, a mess. Yeah. But I think all the changes about the the coaching staff, all the players, all the players were playing very good and mm-hmm. very well right now. So we did a better job than last four years. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like the four years ago, there's a lot of the older players were still around, and you know, Chicharito didn't have. I, I guess he was kind the of battling the with, experience. You know, yeah, a yeah, lot of players were younger. playing a lot. Mm-hmm. from starters in in Europe so that helps a lot you know the experience sure. to to show it to the other teammates so that's that's really good 
Yeah, and I think that that's what's going to have to. I mean, I think a lot of the irk, a lot of the fans. You know, we're all three of us U.S. soccer fans, and you know, all of us are pretty um, besmirched, I guess, by the USSF right now. I think a lot of the anger went to there because it goes to the tippy top when things like this mess up, and um, you know, it's, so it's good to hear. You know, a soccer nation that's you know, Mexico's been doing this a lot longer than the United States has. Okay, just for for reference, you know. We're playing baseball 100 years ago. They're playing soccer in Mexico. So it's been a longer tradition, longer uh, time that they've been doing this than we have. So we have to kind of keep this all in perspective. You know, uh, but Mario, you had something to say. The one thing that I don't hear nobody saying about the way we've been losing and the way also Mexico was struggling is that they figured out one thing. Everybody around them, Costa Rica, Panama, Honduras, El Salvador, I mean, all those nations are getting better. And a lot of their players are playing overseas or either playing in the MLS. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, I've been watching Costa Rica just getting better and better. And then one of their star players plays for Arsenal. Does it amazing. Uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know better than that. For, but um, <laughs> kind of plays, you know. But, um, um, yeah, it's just everybody in the CONCACAF is just getting so much better. I'm more exposure i mean a lot of mexican players are playing overseas and sure. a lot of them are coming back and it's just you can see the difference and what for me the united states needs to do is just get out of the little shell just feel like you know not every qualification is going to be an easy buy they're not going to get an easy win no more you have to earn it there's no more all oh, mexico is going to do us this favor oh costa rica is going to beat this team for us no you got to earn it i remember in like almost eight years ago we was like, we have to win. There's no reason why we should lose. We should dominate the opposite opposition. We play Puerto Rico. Oh, we better win 10 to zero. And now it's like, uh, we'll, we'll sneak by. Uh, we'll make it every year. Maybe we'll draw it on the away fixture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the fan noise in New York was too much. The away fans. No excuses, excuses, excuses. Um, just hopefully when all the changes up, you know, Cheap promotion, but uh, Wanalda for USS president, please. All right, there we go. We got one endorsement, I guess. Josh, any final words, Ben? Oh, on USSF? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, like whenever you do that podcast, I'll I'll come back. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I think it's it's running late, but uh, you know I I couldn't agree more. And you know I, I will say, as Jonathan said, you know if if uh, if Mexico did not make make a World Cup, uh, you know through through qualifications. Uh, the city would be burned, and I, I and I, I do believe that he means that quite literally. Yeah, that's and, a literal translation and, there. And um, and how the journalists and I, I think what we have not, I think what a lot of Americans don't understand. I, I this might cross sports in general, but the power of the press to hold a federation accountable, it's huge. And the one thing I have appreciated about. Uh, the United States not making uh, the World Cup this time around is we are finally hearing things from the press. Yeah. It's finally becoming a big deal. Um, yeah. I mean, from and I'm not just talking about Taylor Twellman and, and and those kind of guys, which you know I don't uh, I don't always agree with with Twellman, but I mean he has been a, a voice of reason over the past few weeks and a and a, and a, and a harbinger of what needs to come, including. Uh, which I will agree with. I, I would prefer Winalda be in the presidency versus uh, Gulati or or anybody else that I've seen so far. But I mean, even even names like Colin Cowherd, uh, who who's a general sports guy, mainly focuses on college sports and things like that with ESPN. But even him calling it ridiculous and an abomination, things like that, that has to happen. We have to hear yeah. that, and I've, we are finally hearing that in the press. And I, and I believe. Uh, you know that's the beginning, and there's just just so much wrong with USSF, in my yeah. opinion. So uh, I'd be more than happy to come on and, and kind of give my my uh, spiel on it. Yeah, yeah, my fifteen cents on that because yeah. I don't just I have don't two. Want two. I just I want the whole I want the whole right. piggy bank, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, on uh, behalf of Jonathan Levin and Mario Solar and Josh Fior, well, I'll say thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll have. More coming up in future episodes. That's all the time we have for today's episode of Tornado Soccer Podcast. Special shout out to Mike Mitchell, holding it down, bringing the air horns, bringing the energy. Appreciate it. 
all his help there behind the scenes. Also to all you folks listening in and chiming in and, and, and talking with me on social media, interacting. I appreciate it. My DMs are always open. So if you have a question or anything you would like to talk about, go ahead on Twitter at Tornado Alley SPC, like Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast SPC on Twitter or me directly on Twitter, R-O-G-M-A-N-9-9, Rajman99. That's my screen name, my personal account, which I – Try to keep all my soccer on this Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast page because that's where a lot of folks are tuning in and interested in soccer. So, but I do occasion, occasionally stray into it on my personal account. Either way, go ahead. Love to hear from you. Tell me how the show went, what you thought of it. All right, that's it, folks. Appreciate your help. Appreciate your support. God bless you. Take care. Thanks. <laughs>